Perfecting vaccines for one of the most lethal viruses on the planet. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. We don't hear much about the rabies virus here in Australia, and that's because, as a country, we're actually rabies-free. There are only two confirmed human deaths from the disease in Australia, both from last century. But for the countries where rabies does exist, it's incredibly serious and deadly. In this episode, you'll learn about the defences we have against rabies and a critical new finding that could help boost our immunity to the virus altogether. Okay, Emma, let's step back first because realistically everything I know about rabies is that some dogs have it and it's really bad to be bitten by those dogs. Can you tell me a bit more about the rabies virus? Yeah, sure thing. So, you know, you may have heard this, potentially not, but it's actually one of the most lethal viral infections on the planet. Emma Perfetto is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. So rabies actually kills more than 50,000 people each year, and it's mainly found in countries across Asia and Africa. And if it's left untreated, it's nearly 100% lethal, and people can die just days after the rabies symptoms first present in them. The first symptoms are sort of similar to a standard cold or flu, but can turn into, you know, a fever, headaches, nausea, vomiting. And so it's typically spread to us humans through the saliva of infected animals. So, you know, a bite or a scratch from bats and foxes and raccoons and even cats. But in particular, like you sort of said before, it's stray dogs that are sort of most responsible for viral rabies infections and deaths in humans. And according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the US, uh, 98% of rabies deaths are transmitted to us through dogs. Okay, so it's incredibly serious if someone contracts the virus, but do we have at least a few lines of defence against rabies? Like, please tell me the answer is yes, and now tell me what those are. Yes, yes, yes. I'll assuage your fears. Yes, we do have some sort of defences against it. So, you know, if the worst happens and you've been exposed to rabies already and you haven't been vaccinated, Mm -hmm. you can be immediately treated with human rabies immunoglobulin. Um, So these are the antibodies that your body would eventually make in response to the rabies vaccine, but sort of injected straight into the source Uh, right into your immune system to get it recognising the the rabies virus straight away. But if you're not quick enough and a person starts to develop those symptoms that I talked about earlier, the disease is almost always fatal at that point. Like once it's gotten to the point where you're showing symptoms that you are infected, it's it's too late for you, unfortunately. So at the end of the day, the best defence against rabies is to be vaccinated already. All right. Tell me about these rabies vaccinations. So there are pre-exposure vaccinations where if you are travelling through an area that might be rabies prone um, or would be, you know, exposed to something like bats who might be carrying rabies, that would be, you know, recommended to be vaccinated against rabies. You can also be vaccinated against rabies after you've been exposed uh, to sort of get your immune system jump started into recognising the virus. And these are usually administered to you over days, sometimes weeks, post-exposure. 
And then finally, it's really important that we vaccinate the animals that might be harbouring rabies. So, you know, mostly dogs and cats. So stopping the virus at its source before they can then transmit it to us. So all of these vaccines are, you know, really effective. They do a really good job at stopping the rabies virus from killing more people than, you know, it already does. But one thing that's worth mentioning is that they don't provide lifetime immunity. Okay, so that's not unsurprising, is it? From my understanding, there are plenty of vaccinations that require boosters, you know, so COVID being a really good example of one and, you know, tetanus being another. Why is this relevant when we're talking about rabies? Well, I guess considering how lethal it is, you know, you want to be vaccinated against rabies at all costs. And what happens if your, you know, vaccination lapses and you don't remember to get your booster for it and then that's when it happens, you know, Murphy's Law, that's when you're going to get bitten by a dog who has rabies. And, you know, for the places where rabies is, you know, the most prevalent there is this potential for consistent and ongoing exposure to this virus. So there's this critical need to have really high vaccination rates and, you know, a level of immunity possible in the community. But there's something else at play here when it comes to that sort of long-term immunity, and it has to do with the rabies virus itself. Okay, so let's take a closer look at the rabies virus. What exactly is going on at a molecular level that prevents rabies vaccinations from providing that longer-term immunity? So scientists think that it might have something to do with a protein that sits on the surface of the virus. Mm -hmm. Um, So the virus is structured so that there's this outer layer or envelope that keeps everything important inside of it. And on the surface of this envelope are glycoproteins that are embedded across it. Glycoproteins are proteins and in rabies it's thanks to these glycoproteins that the virus is able to enter our cells and infect them. The reason for this is that the glycoprotein can change its form and ultimately lets the virus inside of the cell. You can think of the glycoprotein kind of like a Swiss army knife almost. Okay. In that it can switch between, you know, these four different forms depending on what the virus needs it to do. So there's, for instance, this part of the glycoprotein that sort of normally remains folded in and then, kind of like a Swiss army knife, it unfolds and flips up, which happens sort of after the virus has entered the cell. It can also be in what's known as a monomeric structure, which means that there are single glycoproteins sort of sitting by themselves along the surface of the virus, or it can be in a trimeric structure. So three of those glycoproteins come together in a bundle on the surface. Okay, so lots of science coming at us there, Emma. Let's unpack this. Why do we need to know about the different structures these glycoproteins can take? Because this protein can change its form and in so many different ways, the antibodies that our immune system produces to fight a virus itself won't always recognise the virus protein. Right. Antibodies are very specific. They usually only recognise a single site on the protein. So if that site changes because the protein has changed its shape, then your body can't keep up with it as it changes throughout its cycle of infecting you. So if the rabies vaccine that you've received means that you make antibodies that only recognise one form of the protein, 
Over time, your antibodies will struggle to recognise it in all of its forms and your immunity is, you know, weaning, it's wearing off. It's not effective for that long. Yeah, so this sounds a little bad, Emma. (laughs) Now, I want to mention a research project that is ultimately looking at how to overcome this. So these researchers were really honing in on how the rabies glycoprotein acts in the human body and how we fight off the virus. What more can you tell us about this project? Okay, so one of the scientists looking into this is Dr. Heather Calloway. Uh, a research fellow from the La Jolla Institute for Immunology in the US. What Callaway and her colleagues did was look at this glycoprotein in its trimeric form. So that was when it was bundled up in threes on the surface of the virus. And this is the form that it takes before the virus enters our cells, before it infects our cells. The reason you want to look at it in this form is because, you know, we want our immune system to recognise this virus before it's gotten into our cells, right at that, you know, initial first stage of infection when it's just entered our system. And what they did was stabilise this protein and then freeze it in liquid solution. And in the solution is also a human antibody in particular an antibody that neutralises the rabies virus, meaning it makes it ineffective. And they did this so that they could look at the structure of the glycoprotein when it interacts with this antibody. Mm -hmm. And they found some pretty interesting things. Okay, so what did they find? So what they found is that the antibody actually likely stops the glycoproteins from changing its shape, transitioning from the form it takes before it enters our cells into the one it takes after being in ourselves. So from that trimeric structure into a different one, stopping the virus from entering our cells. And they also found that it might block the glycoprotein from interacting with receptors on the surface of our cells, which allow it to enter at all in the first place. Okay, Emma, let's backtrack here for a second. So what we've learned today is that this research project has looked at exactly what the glycoproteins do, and they've also given us more of an insight into how our bodies fight off rabies. So what are the next steps for these findings? Are there real-world applications here? Yeah, so I guess these findings are really important because they add to our body of knowledge about rabies virus in general. Yeah in particular about this really important protein that sits on the surface of the virus that is integral to how it infects our cells. So understanding how antibodies are able to interact with this protein and through that neutralise the rabies virus is super, super important for future vaccine research. Scientists who currently develop rabies vaccines can incorporate these findings into the development of maybe new vaccines or even just fine-tuning and improving the ones that we already have. Right. You know, to hopefully strengthen the rabies vaccine overall and potentially improve our immunity to rabies through those vaccines. So maybe, you know, increasing how long we're able to remain immune to rabies once we are vaccinated. And also, you know, we have to think about the implications that this research has for people who, unlike me, have to live with the threat of rabies virus every single day of their lives. Emma Perfetto is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. You can read more of Emma's reporting at cosmosmagazine.com, including the article this episode was based on. 
That article is called New High-Resolution Look at the Rabies Virus Reveals Potential New Vaccine Targets. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Our executive producer is Melanie Withnell. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time.